Hello, this is Josh Belk with the Belk on Business Podcast. Thank you for taking a few moments to listen in today. As we approach uh, the end of the year, I'm going to uh, jump into a topic that is one that I think is essential that business owners are quite aware of. Uh, one of the terms that I hear on occasion that uh, is kind of one that is essentially uh, can't happen is uh, that uh, I'm a business owner and I've hired a contracted employee. Okay, so uh, when you go through and you bring somebody on your team or you're looking to hire someone uh, to provide a service, they are either an employee or they're a contractor. They cannot be a contracted employee. Okay, and what I want to do is to really kind of dive into what does the IRS look at and what should we be looking at when we bring somebody on to determine whether or not I can pay them as a contractor or if I can pay them as an employee. Now, uh, many times business owners, they go through and they bring somebody on and they pay them as a contractor, meaning they're not withholding payroll taxes, uh, they are, um, uh, they're not paying unemployment taxes, uh, they are not going to be issuing them a W-2, okay, they're not going to be providing them employee benefits, they're going to issue them a 1099 and pay them as a contractor. Okay, um, and so they kind of go through many times this decision is made to try to save on taxes. They think this is a good tax strategy. They can go through and guess what? They can save on having to match the uh, employee's FICA taxes. They're not going to have to pay unemployment tax. They don't have to pay workers' comp insurance. Uh, and <clears throat> so overall, this is a good business strategy. It's going to save me money. But uh, it is a, it's an awful strategy as it relates uh, for tax because the penalties are swift. If the IRS comes in and they do an audit, and they determine that you have misclassified an employee. And I'll give you an example, actually a real-life example that just came up here in, in the recent weeks. Um, but um, uh, if the IRS comes in and audits and determine that you have misclassified a worker and uh, you paid that worker as a contractor and they should have been paid as an employee, the penalty can be up to 35% of whatever, whatever it was that you paid that particular contractor plus interest. Uh, so it is not a, uh, an area where you want to kind of dabble and take a risk in. You really want to do the front-end evaluation of, uh, of determining whether or not this individual truly is a contractor or if they should be paid as an employee. Most of the time I found out that if uh, through, through just my decades of experience doing this, that uh, many times if we have to ask the question, that they probably should be paid as an employee and not as a contractor. <clears throat> so like I said, business owners many times try to do this uh, for, for, um, for uh, savings as it relates to the bottom line. They figure they're, they're not going to have to pay ta uh, the, the, ta the additional tax, uh, the additional payroll tax, the unemployment tax. Uh, it's going to save them on workers' comp, and uh, therefore it is a good idea. Uh, the person receiving the money thinks, on the front end anyway, it's a great idea because I'm going to get more money into my pocketbook. Uh, but in the, in, the, in the long run, many times they don't realize that uh, they're going to have an additional tax exposure on their end for being paid that way. So making sure that if you're a business owner, you're doing this evaluation on the front end of whether or not somebody truly is a, an employee, a contractor or if they should be paid as an employee. If they are a contractor, you're going to want to collect a W-9 from them uh, when, you, when you bring them on, as well as proof of insurance. Uh, and, and I'll get into on the tail end of this podcast contractually what you should have and uh, some, uh, some consideration there if you are truly hiring someone that does, uh, does properly qualify to be paid as a contractor. So to make sure that you're collecting that W-9, uh, you're, uh, they're aware, you're aware that uh, they're going to be issued a 1099 at the end of the year. And 1099 do need to be issued every year in January. So if you're listening to this and you do have contractors, make sure you have a W-9 uh, and make sure that, uh, that you get that information over to your accountant or you have those on file internally uh, and then that you are prepared to get those 1099s out by the end of the year. Because if you don't issue them 1099s, there's a penalty there as well. 
Uh, so you're collecting on that W-9. It's going to collect. You're going to collect their social security number, their EIN. Uh, you're going to get their their name and their address, their business name, personal name, and the address as well. And uh, that way you have everything on file ready to go uh, in January. And 1099 do need to go out to any individual contractor that you paid over $600, uh, and then any sort of uh, LLC that's taxed as a uh, as a disregarded entity, a single member LLC uh, or uh, partnerships as well. Uh, 1099s should be issued. And uh, many times uh, we've heard this uh, through the years uh, to, well, uh, I'm paying this person. They're going to set up an LLC. I'm going to pay the LLC. It gets me outside of having to issue them a 1099. That is not correct. Uh, even if they're an LLC, they still need to complete a W-9, and you need to see what their classification is. If they're a single-member LLC disregarded for tax purposes, you need to issue them a 1099. Or if they're taxed as a partnership, you should be issuing them a 1099 as well. Now, the IRS, in order to kind of help make the determination on whether or not someone is an employee or a contractor, has a form. It's called Form SS-8 that you can go through and complete, and it can help provide you direction. The IRS also uses this form uh, when uh, someone goes to them and, uh, and essentially complains uh, or uh, turns essentially uh, a company in for paying them as a contractor when they should have been paid as an employee or they suspect that that might be the case. And, uh, and, and I've run across this to where clients have reached out to us and said the, uh, we had a, uh, an employee, the IRS is questioning this, and whether or not, I'm sorry, we had a contractor, the IRS is questioning whether or not they should have been paid as a contractor. Categorically, we have to go through with them and complete that particular form. Uh, so it's ideal on the front end that you do have a good handle on these rules and uh, kind of have an understanding on what is the proper way of going about paying an individual. So what does the IRS look, like, look at? And uh, so I kind of have a, a list here of about a dozen different items uh, for consideration. And uh, this isn't an, all ex an extensive list by any stretch of the imagination, but this uh, will give you a pretty good handle on, on uh, what does the IRS look, like, look at and what should you be looking at to make this determination. And so, uh, so I'm just going to kind of just run through these. Uh, first of all, do you or can you require the individual to comply with instructions as to the when, where, and how of the work? So this really kind of, uh, and a lot of these have to do with the element of control, okay? So whether it's control of the work or, uh, or um, and, and many times that is uh, as far as the control of the, of the when, the where, and the how of the work, okay? Now, uh, think about it. I'm, I'm an accountant. I own an accounting firm. And uh, we go through and, and someone hires us. We're obviously not, a, uh, not an employee, Okay, I'm obviously not an employee. Of course, I have a, I have a team here, uh, quite a few people that work for me, and and uh, they're they're my employees. Somebody comes through, and even though uh, you know they may be systematically paying me the same amount a month on a contract, uh, and uh, you know it's kind of one of those situations. It's pretty clear. I have a company. Uh, I am sending you an invoice every month, and uh, we have a contract for services. There's never a question there. Okay, there isn't uh, there isn't control over the day to day uh, operations of of my business if uh, you're one of our clients. Okay, and so there's a pretty clear distinction there. There's like really not much in the way of questions that get asked. Okay, but if you if you have somebody to where you're controlling the when, you're controlling the how, uh, you're controlling the where. Okay, uh, there's definitely an, an element of control there. That person should be getting paid as as an employee, not as a contractor. Okay, you train the worker to perform services in a particular manner. Okay, so this is how I want the work to be performed. So if you're the business owner and you're, you're instructing them, you're giving them, giving them instruction on this is how the work should be done, this is the processes in which, uh, which we follow, et cetera, uh, then uh, in, in all probability that person uh, should be getting paid as an employee. Okay, uh, you integrate the worker services into your business operations. 
So this is a person that's essentially involved in your almost day-to-day business operations. This person has a seat in your company. And, uh, and if it's a situation where they have a seat in your company, they probably should be getting paid as an employee. So you require the, the worker to render services personally. Uh, the worker can't hire uh, people to do, to do some or, or all of the work. Okay, uh, and so if you're if you have someone saying that you have to provide the work personally, this is uh, you know this is when you're going to do it. This is how you're going to do it. You can't hire anybody else out. Uh, you're not you know it, it, you have that element of control there. That person, in all probability, is an employee. You uh, uh, you hire, supervise, and pay assistance for the worker. Okay, so you're you're providing and kind of putting team members around them. Okay, they aren't doing that for themselves. Another uh, another factor the IRS looks looks at. Uh, your, uh, your business has a continuing relationship with the worker or workers perform frequent, uh, frequently uh, or recurring intervals, okay? So if this person is kind of a regular part in your business, okay, that is another factor the IRS looks at. You establish their hours of work or require the work to devote the majority of the work week to your business. So you're telling them, uh, going back to the when, you're telling them uh, when uh, they have to perform the work or how many hours they have to, the, to do the work, et cetera. Okay, uh, so you're, you're essentially establishing the time elements, that control element around their work. The worker provides uh, services on your premises. Okay, if they're coming into your office every day, you're coming onto your company, uh, into your company premises every day, and they're doing work for you, they're an employee. Okay, you should be, you should be, you should be paying them as such. Uh, you require the worker to do the work in a sequence that you set or require the worker to submit regular reports as to the work performed. So this is going back to the control of the process or the how. So if you're controlling that process, you're controlling the how, you're controlling the systems, and, you're, uh, and if you're doing that uh, and or you're requiring reports as far as this is the, the work that was done and, uh, and this is the, the processes that were followed, et cetera, that person in all probability is an employee. Next, do so you pay the worker by the hour, week, or month uh, unless this happens to be established in your, in your, in your contract? So at the firm level here, uh, there, for many of our uh, clients, uh, we go through and we collect the same amount of month for them, uh, the same amount of money for them every month, and it, it, it includes the uh, list of, of services uh, that's performed for that amount. Okay, uh, so that it can happen in kind of regular intervals. However, if you're paying them uh, by by the by the hour, you're paying them uh, by the month. That's not stipulated in a in a contract, and uh, you obviously you're looking at these other elements as well. Okay, it is a factor that the IRS looks at. So if you're saying, well, they're, you know, they're a, a person, I happen to pay them $500 a week, and this is a scope of work. And this isn't, uh, it isn't by the job. It's essentially $500, is, and I just pay them this a week to, you know, help me with my marketing. Okay, whatever the case may be. Uh, so that is a factor the IRS is going to look at versus they're, they're providing a, uh, a, a, some sort of an agreement to you that's stipulating the services that are provided and then uh, the frequency in which uh, that is paid. Okay, so if you are paying them by the hour, by the, by the week, or by the month, uh, then uh, that is a factor the IRS is going to look, look at, and it's going to be a big one, a big question mark that's going to get raised. Next, you pay for the worker's business or traveling expenses. Okay, uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're paying for their, basically paying the expenses for them to operate their business, uh, then uh, there's going to be really a lot of uh, heavy leaning there to uh, consideration on whether or not that person should have been paid as, a, as an employee. You're furnishing their tools, equipment, and materials. Okay. Normally, as a um, uh, normally, if someone's providing services for you and they're not an employee, they're providing their own material. They're providing their own services. Uh, they may bill you for reimbursement for some of those things. Uh, if you're you're paying somebody to to um, you know to, to come through and and uh, put cabinets in your house, okay. Uh, obviously, you're going to you're going to pay them uh, for uh, for the cabinets. 
Okay, uh, but if it's kind of one of those things that you're you're buying their computer, uh, you're paying for their paper, uh, you're uh, you're you're doing all this for them, and you're providing essentially all the tools of the trade that they need, then uh, then it's probably they're probably uh, should be operating as an employee, not as a contractor. So um, so you have the right to discharge a worker at will, and they have the uh, the opportunity to uh, quit at will. This is another area that uh, that they look at. Um, so um, it just once again, an, another one of the factors that the IRS does consider. Workers that are automatically employees or officers of a company, of a corporation that are providing services for the corporation. I do want to. I do want to mention something here. If you're running a, uh, if you have an entity that's taxed as an S corp, uh, one of the officers does need to. If, if an officer indeed is providing services to the company, most of the time that is the case. They do need to be. Uh, they do need to be. Get, uh, do need to be receiving a salary. I've talked about this in other in other podcasts. Uh, but uh, but workers are automatically employees if they're officers of, of, of corporations that provide services to the corporation. Uh, food and laundry drivers, full-time salespeople who sell goods for resale, full-time life insurance agents, mainly working for one company, and at-home workers who are supplied with material and giving specs. So uh, those are areas of the IRS specific outlines that they are indeed employees, okay? So um, if you do have someone who is working from home, uh, over the last couple of years now uh, d- during this uh, pandemic and, and kind of in this uh, I guess there's no, we're not in post-COVID. We seem to be we're still in it. So a lot of companies have gone to having remote workers. And so they think, well, they're working remotely. They're working from home. I can pay them with a contractor. Nothing's changed there. Okay, so if they're, they're still doing everything that they did in the office, but they're doing it from home, they should, be getting paid as a, uh, they should be getting paid as an employee, even though they may be working remotely. And so some areas that can be automatically classified uh, as a non-employee or licensed real estate agent, door-to-door salespeople. So these are areas that I do have a lot of clients that are um, that are in real estate. If they're a licensed real estate agent and they're uh, they're selling properties and whatnot, uh, that's one area that the IRS does allow for them to be paid uh, as a uh, as a non-employee or as a contractor receiving a 1099. Now, if the IRS comes in and, and audits, now, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, we, a situation to where sometimes usually someone complains. Many times where this gets caught, and I've seen this over the last couple years, is when someone who's been getting paid as a, uh, as a contractor, they end up getting let go because guess what? Uh, you know, we're in a, in a COVID environment. Work has uh, shrunk down. I, I can't afford to pay you anymore. So therefore, I'm letting you go. Well, guess what that individual ends up doing? They end up going and trying to collect unemployment. They go to the unemployment office and they say, you know, I, I was receiving $500 a week to provide services and, uh, and I want to file an unemployment claim. So they go through, complete the paperwork. The paperwork comes in and you complete a protest and say, no, they were, they were a contractor. And uh, the individual says, no, I was an employee. And uh, you end up with this back and forth, and then that ends up triggering a situation to where the state uh, department, uh, unemployment department ends up looking into your business and making a determination on whether or not, uh, not just that person, but other individuals as well, should have been getting paid uh, as, a, uh, as, a, uh, as an employee and not as a contractor. And guess what? Uh, once that work is done, many times, and, and I think most every state, I think except maybe for Nevada, will report that information back to the, uh, back to the IRS. So now you end up with kind of, as you can see, this domino effect. So it's always best on the front end to make sure that you're making that determination properly on the front end and don't wait for a disgruntled employee or uh, just randomly the IRS to take a look into your business uh, or the state to look into your business to make the determination of, you know what, you're, you're not paying your people correctly. And, uh, and I, I think really kind of beyond that, and I'm really big on culture. I use that word a lot in our, in our environment here at the firm level. I am, uh, the culture is extremely important to me. 
And I think uh, in order for us to have a good culture is to make sure that we're treating our people well. And uh, so our employees are, uh, they're getting paid properly, they're getting paid adequately, and uh, there's um, there's that environment of trust there that I'm going to take care of you, uh, and in, in return, uh, the expectation that uh, you're going to you're going to take care of the business as well, and uh, and our needs at the business level, and the, the client's needs as well. So you end up in a situation to where uh, the um, the IRS or the state is looking at uh, into your business uh, or into a worker to make a determination on whether or not that person uh, should have been paid as an employee. Now at the IRS level, they're going to have you complete this form and turn it in, and they're also going to require and at the state level. Uh, they're going to require uh, uh, supplemental paperwork. And that's going to include the following. First of all, to make sure that you have a written contract that specifies the responsibility of both parties. And so you, you have a contract with that, uh, with, that, uh, with that contractor. It specifies your duties. It specifies uh, their duties as well. It's also going to determine uh, the job that is being performed. And then uh, it's also going to uh, include language that the contractor can hire his or her assistants. Of course, it's also going to include... Um, uh, the, the pay, etc. So you think of a contract, and I might, don't want to get into contract law here, but the, the, what, you, uh, what is required in a contract, it needs to have those elements. You're not going to have in the contract, you're working exclusively for me. No, it is a contract to where this is, we're hiring you for this job, you're going to provide these services in this job, uh, this is the pay that you're going to receive, and, uh, and then once they complete that job, if you want to bring them on for another job, then it requires another contract. Okay, so that contract specifies the duties. This is what you're going to do. This is what we're going to do. This is the pay that's involved, and this is the work that's to be performed. Okay, it isn't one of these situations to where I'm going to pay you $500 a week, and you're going to come into the office and do marketing for us, and I'm going to pay you uh, through, uh, and, and you're going to receive a 1099 at the end of the year. Okay, just because you have a contract doesn't mean that it autom- automatically they become a uh, they become a contractor. You have to look at all these other factors. Okay, but you, it needs to be spe- you need to have these specifications in that particular contract. The duties of both parties, the job that is actually being done, uh, the pay that's going to be there, and it's clear that that person is autonomous. They can go through and, and they can, uh, they can uh, essentially use their own employees, uh, their own people to do the work. Next, require the contractor to furnish the tools and equipment and material needed for the job. Okay, so they're providing their own material, they're providing their own everything they need to do the work. They're a contractor. You're not, uh, you know, I don't go through and everybody that I, uh, that I hire when, if I, uh, if I go through and I, you know, I have a very close working relationship with, uh, with my attorneys. And uh, guess what? When I go through and I, you know, call up my attorney and say, hey, I need, I need your help with this particular uh, project, uh, I don't go through and say, okay, well, and here's the paper and here's the computer. Here's it. No, I'm calling them. This is, uh, I, I need your help drafting up this contract. I need your help uh, defending me in this situation, whatever the case may be. I hand everything over to them. He's going to do it on, on, uh, on his timetable. He's going to use his team. Uh, he's going to do things uh, his way. And, uh, and that's, he's a, you know, I'm paying him, uh, paying him as such. I'm not providing him the material or the resources or the tools to do the work. Make it clear that the contractor is free to offer services to other businesses. So, okay, you're going to do this. You're going to work exclusively for us. Okay, if they're working exclusively for you, okay, they're probably, uh, in all probability, uh, they should be getting paid as an employee. Uh, the contractor does most, if not all, the work at their own location. You're not bringing them into the office every day. Okay, so this is the, the work that's being done. You do it at, uh, at, at your convenience. Of course, we may have a time frame in the, you know, in the specifications of the contract, and we need to have all this work done in the next 45 days, whatever the case may be. 
Um, and I'm not uh, I'm not calling you up on Monday morning and and having you in a in a meeting and and checking up on your work and I expect a weekly report on what's being done. You know this type of thing. Uh, so uh, the contractor does does the work at uh, his or her location using his or her uh, tools, his or own pe- uh, his his or her own uh, individual and own people to do the work. Require the contractor to submit invoices for each job before you make payment. So you're not sending them a flat $500 check every week. No, they're sending you an invoice for the, for the services that are performed pursuant to the contract that you have. And then lastly, require the contractor to show proof of business license and insurance. So if you're in a, in a worker's comp audit, uh, of course, they're going to ask for these. Uh, but if you're any time that you're in an audit scenario, they're going to ask for proof of insurance uh, that they actually have a legitimate business, that they're, uh, they're insured for their operations. They actually have a license to do the, to the work uh, performed. Of course, it can be in their, you know, their city uh, license or whatever the case may be uh, that they receive. Uh, but <clears throat> make sure that they, ha- that they have a license they pr- that's been provided to you as well as uh, proof of insurance. And this is if, uh, primarily for paying an individual uh, and, uh, and you kind of have a question of whether or not uh, this person uh, should be, and, and this almost should be categorically, if you're paying somebody as an individual, they don't have a company, okay, they're an individual providing services to you, that standard is going to be pretty high. It's going to be a lot higher than if you're paying a company. Okay, um, so if you're if you're paying that individual, making sure that you have the a business license from them, you have proof of insurance, you have that W nine, you have a contract. It's an executed properly executed contract, and include the uh, the element that we've talked about here. I'd probably recommend you talk to your attorney. Uh, make sure that that, uh, that those contracts are sound. If you're de- if you're trying to develop them on your end, ideally they should be doing that themselves. They're giving you invoices. Uh, those, uh, those those rails are there. It, it's clear. It's defined. Uh, making sure that everything's set up in a way that if you do indeed end up getting audited, that uh, that uh, everything is there the way it should be, the relationship is as it should be. Uh, if there's any sort of questions there on whether or not that, uh, you know, maybe I should be paying them as an employee, pay them as an employee in the uh, in the long run, not only I think is it best for, for tax reasons and just kind of doing the right thing, I also think it will help the culture inside your business uh, to know that everything's being done the right way, uh, your people are being paid, they're being paid adequately, they're being paid properly. Hopefully this particular podcast brought you value. If it did, please consider subscribing to the Belk on Business podcast. Once again, this is Josh Belk. Have a wonderful day.